Hello, everyone. This is Pastor Joyce Erickson with BelieversBibleSchool.com, and I want to welcome you to a new series that we're going to be doing on this podcast, and we are going to be walking through the book of Acts. And so I hope you can join me. What a beautiful way to study the Word of God. You can do it while you're in the car or or while you're in your home, just listening uh, on the podcast. And so I really want to welcome you to our new series on the Acts of the Apostles, or more commonly referred to as the Book of Acts. What we're going to be doing is a verse-by-verse study on the Acts of the Apostles. However, as, as in any study of the Bible, it is imperative that we do a background study of the book that we are studying. I always like to answer the who, what, when, where, why, and how questions to help us understand the book that we are studying, and in this case, the book of Acts. So we're going to be looking at the author, to whom the scriptures were written, when it was written, why, That's an important question, why the book was written, and any other pertinent information that is needed to help us to understand the scriptures a little deeper. And where it is needed, I will look at the Greek meaning, because we are in the New Testament, the book of Acts, and if there's any particular word or passage, we need to go back to the original Koine Greek meaning as to its interpretation. And so um, I will be doing that. Um, uh, It's done for me very easily. We can all have a Strong's Concordance with us right on our phone. I do, and I use it all the time. And we're going to be looking at an awful lot of dates because the Acts of the Apostles is a book of history of the church, and it is important in um, that we have the right perspective, the right understanding of this book. Now, most of my dates, I do have to say, say, comes out of a chronology of biblical Christianity, a great big thick book, all on dates, by R.C. Wetzel. And I have relied on this source for many, many years when studying the Bible. So, I will also be addressing other information that will come from a variety of sources. And I, I have to be honest, most of what I, uh, what I tell you, I have had in my heart for decades. And I've been teaching the Bible for over 45 years, and I may not know where I, I got the source, but any new sources I will definitely claim. And so um, it's important that we do have the source of where we get our information so to make sure it is reliable. All right, let's talk about the author. The author is Luke. Luke, let's talk about him. Luke was a Gentile convert who became a follower of Jesus Christ. But before he came to to Jesus, his profession was that of a physician. He was a well-educated man, a researcher prone to details, and was an excellent writer. 
He became a traveling companion or a protege or disciple, all saying the same thing of the Apostle Paul. And as a Gentile convert to Jesus, traveling with the Apostle Paul, hearing him preach over and over, he became well-versed in the Old Testament and in the doctrines of the New Testament. And we see that from Luke chapter 1, verses 3 and 4. And because Luke was a, um, a Greek man, he was proficient in the Greek language, so he could easily converse with any Gentile person to whom the Apostle Paul ministered. We know him as the author of the Gospel of Luke and the writings of the Acts of the, uh, of the Apostles. So when traveling with the Apostle Paul and in his early ministry, Luke interviewed many people to support his writings for the Gospel of Luke and the Acts of the Apostles. Luke's writing was so intensive and in-depth that it actually covers two-fifths of the New Testament writings. Where if And if you took that volume-wise, that's even more than the writings of the Apostle Paul. And Luke wrote the Gospel of Luke and the Acts of the Apostles as a re-echoer of the Apostle Paul, who was a re-echoer of Jesus. So then, what is a re-echoer? A re-echoer is a person who repeats the words or opinions of another. And it was a familiar first and second century term used by the followers of Jesus who quoted what he said. So then the question arises, why was it important to us that Luke re-echoed the words of the, uh, of the Apostle Paul? Well, since Luke was a re-echoer, only repeating the words of another he or she then is not adding any of his or her own personal opinions, but simply re-echoing the words, and in this case, of the Apostle Paul. And the Apostle Paul was re-echoing the words of Jesus. And Jesus, we know that he did nothing on his own, but he spoke exactly what his father had taught him, John twelve forty nine. He then echoed the words of his father. Thus, we are getting the exact words and the correct meaning that came from Jesus, who got it from God. Hallelujah. Now, here's a question that we can ask ourselves. Why is it important that we become re-echoers of the word of God? Well, if we want truth, we must first go to the source and how important it is to go to the word of God, to allow the word of God to get into us and then give it out to others. I have all my adult life been a strong believer in memorizing scripture. In other words, I have learned to become a re-echoer of the word of God. Every memory verse I have ever memorized, 
I have used over and over again throughout my life. And what I have always done is whenever I've gotten into um, into a situation, and most of the times it was rough times, I then looked and found a scripture verse that spoke hope and victory to me, and then I get it down in my heart. I still write them down on three by five cards and I carry them with me wherever I go. You know, I know we can put it on our cell phones or our computer. I've just been doing uh, that procedure all these years and it's kind of late to stop now. So, but I do far more than just memorizing it in my head. I want to get it down into my heart to where it becomes a reality for me. I can probably take every scripture verse that I have ever memorized and even quote it today, not because I memorize easily, because I don't. I just get it so deep down in my heart, and then I use these verses over and over and over again in my life, whether it be to my students, to, you know, was to my children, uh, wherever I go, I'm using the Word of God. So the Word of God has become simply a part of me. I just can't tell you how many times a situation has come in my life where I go back to God's promises to me through those verses. And as I said, I use it on my family. I use it on other people. Most of all, I use it on myself as a reminder of the promises of God. Memorizing scripture is such a vital part of my Christian growth. And I encourage you to have it become a large part of your Christian growth as well. The Gospel of Luke and the Acts of the Apostles were originally one letter and one story, yet it was written on two scrolls by Luke. He wrote it on two scrolls because any scroll that went beyond 35 feet became too bulky and too heavy to carry. So what he did is he divided the Gospel of Luke on one scroll and the Acts of the Apostles on another. They, however, were not two stories. They were originally meant to be one. And the Acts, or the book of Acts, simply picks up where the Gospel of Luke ends. It's really like just starting another paragraph. The book of Acts begins right after God rose Jesus from the dead in 29 AD and before he ascended into heaven. And during those 40 days in between Jesus' resurrection and his ascension, he spent time teaching his apostles and disciples his final words about the kingdom of God. Now, the book of Acts covers a span of oh, around 30 years or so, and it continues through the life and ministry of the apostles, particularly the Apostle Paul, as well as the development of the early church until the time just prior to the Apostle Paul having to face Emperor Nero in Rome, in which he historically was acquitted and set free in 63 AD. 
So after the release of the book of Acts, the apostle was free, history tells us, for two years, but then he was recaptured, put into prison, and this time a dungeon prison, where before he was in a house prison. And here in this dungeon prison, he was sentenced to death in 68 AD. Now, just kind of an interesting note, Paul did not die in the prison because Emperor Nero knew that his prison prison death would raise a stir among the Christians in Rome. And so what Nero did is he released him with shrewd intentions. So as the Apostle Paul walked out of this dungeon prison and he was traveling on the road outside of the prison called the Ostia Road, soldiers under the orders of Emperor Nero quietly and quickly ganged up on him and then beheaded him. That way, the emperor at least thought that they could not, the people could not blame him for the apostle's death. The people, however, they knew the truth. The Gospel of Luke and the Acts of the Apostles were written to a man named Theophilus, and Theophilus simply means God-lover. And Luke called Theophilus your most excellent as an expression of honor, leading us to believe he was well a wealthy and very influential man in society who had the ability to reach many people. Theophilus was a believer in Jesus Christ, and he was also a patron of Luke, meaning Luke dedicated these writings, uh, uh, the Gospel of Luke, as well as the Acts of the Apostles. He dedicated them to Theophilus, implying Theophilus was commissioned to share them with a lot of people, with which we know that he did. Both the Gospel of Luke and the Acts of the Apostles were written over a period of many years. It was finally released around 63 AD, sometime after Paul was released from prison in Rome, as we see in the 28th chapter of Acts, but before the fire of Rome on July 19th of 64 AD, and before the martyrdom of Paul in May of 68 AD, and before the destruction of the temple in Jerusalem in August of 70 AD. Luke ended these writings with Paul being released from the prison in 63 AD, and we know that he faced Emperor Nero, but he was released at this time. And from there, the Apostle Paul traveled on to Macedonia and to Asia Minor. Now, these writings, they were written from various places as Luke continuously was documenting while he was traveling with the Apostle Paul and some of the other um, people. And Luke documented other information from the Apostle Peter, the Apostle John, other disciples, even Mary, the mother of Jesus. How do you think we know so much about the birth of Jesus, where Luke got it firsthand right from Mary? 
and Luke's information in both the Gospel of Luke and the Acts of the Apostles, really, they are too detailed and precise to get it secondhand. And so this is exciting. And now we are ready to go into chapter one. So as we conclude, then um, I encourage you to go to chapter one. And in the meantime, this is Pastor Joyce Erickson with BelieversBibleSchool.com. And if you want to listen to this in audio or, or um, on YouTube, you can see it on YouTube. You can even see it in written form on my website. Again, BelieversBibleSchool.com. Bye-bye. God bless.